welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Tuesday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The Tuesday Titans questions that we do on the A to Z Sports Instagram feed, they're brought to you by the Ashton team. Your dream address without the stress or sell your home for more at GaryAshton.com. Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. The best in the business is Brymac Mechanical. They will have you covered at their three locations. You can start at Brymac.com. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. So many cool uh, deals that Two Rivers Ford has for you. Certainly focused on customer service at the forefront. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. And of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2ZSports gets you in on all the action in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code A2ZSports is how you get things going in your DraftKings Sportsbook app. And I'll tell you more about some of their great offers later on in the show. So what's happening in the NFL and why did Carson Wentz get bailed out today? Uh, there is uh, there is a lot happening in football right now, and you've seen the rate of positivity happening in the NFL. Now, uh, whatever your position on COVID, whatever your position on vaccinations, this is going to affect every NFL team. It has so far affected almost every NFL team, and the Titans placed four players on the COVID list yesterday. Both Danico Autry and Jayon Brown joined them on the uh, COVID list today. So now it's Julio Jones, Bud Dupree, Nick Westbrook, Akina. Um, you have Cody Hollister on the practice squad COVID list. You have Jayon Brown, you have Danico Autry, and I believe, I'm pretty sure I mentioned Buster Screen earlier, but if not, Buster Screen as well. So there's six active roster players at present and a couple of guys on the practice squad as well. So your wide receiver core just took a, they just took a baseball bat to the kneecaps of the wide receiver core, right? Julio, Nick Westbrook, Aquina, and Hollister on the practice squad. AJ comes back and your depth gets super thin. But we'll talk about the Titans' impact or the impact that could have on the Titans here in just a second. The place that I want to start is with Carson Wentz and the Colts. So Carson Wentz has announced that he is going on the COVID-19 uh, reserve list today. And we all know uh, he has been public about this. Carson Wentz is not vaccinated. Now, uh, your your vaccination status is, of course, a personal choice. Carson Wentz has not really gone into detail, nor does he have to, as to why he made the decision to not get vaccinated. But Carson Wentz, unless there is something really, really singular about Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is probably like the vast majority of us, where there is no harmful effects from the vaccination. There have been some cases where that has been proven to be so, but the vast, vast majority of people are not affected by getting the vaccine. Now, Wentz, if that is something that is a part of his life, then he made the best decision for himself. But ultimately, ultimately, this comes down to a competitive disadvantage as far as football teams are concerned. This is something that we've talked to Mike Vrabel about. This is something that we've talked to Ryan Tannehill about, where a lot of guys had reservations about getting vaccinated. There's a lot of guys like Ryan Tannehill who came to the podium, I believe it was during training camp, and said, you know, I, I was not going to get vaccinated, but the NFL kind of forced 
our hands in this. They did not mandate it, but they did make life very, very difficult if you did not get vaccinated. So what Ryan Tannehill told us was, yeah, the NFL kind of forced our hand on this, but to not be a distraction to my team and to not cause us to be in a position that was completely under our control, I made the decision, I being Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill made the decision to get vaccinated. Now, again, regardless of your belief, I'm not here to have a debate about vaccines and, and how you feel about it or what your position is. I don't I don't care. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't care about your position on vaccinations. I care about the NFL's impact based on the, vac- the vaccination rates impact on the NFL, right? Because I cover an NFL team. And so what Ryan Tannehill did in that moment was express some reservations publicly, speak for a lot of players, not just in his locker room, but in teams across the league and speak for a lot of people who I'm sure, you know, also had reservations about being vaccinated. But what Ryan Tannehill did in that moment was also show a bit of leadership and say, you know, the issues that this may present, there's a far, far smaller percentage that that will occur for me. So to not derail my team in a situation that is completely under my control, I made the decision to do this. And a lot of his teammates followed suit. A lot of NFL players made this decision, and it is turning out that even if you are vaccinated, you can test positive for variants of COVID. So this happens to Carson Wentz, and he's unvaccinated. And so when that comes out today, before the NFL made their uh, made their decision to adopt the new CDC recommendations, Carson Wentz was guaranteed out, out as of, I think that news broke at like 12.15 central time today because I was still on the radio. Carson Wentz, though, because he was unvaccinated and was on the COVID list, he would have been ruled out against the Raiders. That would have nuked, absolutely nuked, the Colts season if their starting quarterback couldn't go. Now, what the NFL has done since then is change the rules, right, to make sure that players can come back sooner, even if they are vaccinated or unvaccinated. And in Carson Wentz's case, this opens up the door for him to return and for the Colts to keep their playoff hopes alive. Now, I, I saw a lot of people tweeting me today that HBO weighed in on this and said that they uh, they needed Carson Wentz for in-season hard knocks so they can't replace him with Brent Hundley. They need people to watch this. And I don't know how much truth there is to that. But what I do know is there's too much money tied up in NFL star players. Carson Wentz is one of them, whether you believe him to be a star or not. Carson Wentz is a star player, and the NFL doesn't want Carson Wentz missing games with the playoff push on the line. Uh, The NFL doesn't want Derrick Henry missing, and I don't know whether Derrick is vaxxed or unvaxxed. I truly don't know the answer to that. They don't have to disclose that information to us, and Derrick's never been on the COVID-19 reserve list. I'm just using him as a hypothetical. The point being, the league doesn't want star players to miss games of impact, and so they've they've cut the isolation time in half. So the question that I want to ask you guys before you hear the latest from Ian Rappaport, fair or foul, the NFL can be an example for how the rest of the country handles COVID. Now, this is, I think, an interesting question and one that's going to make you think as well as you consider your answer on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Your Two Rivers Ford take on this Tuesday evening, fair or foul? is the answer that I'm looking for you guys from you guys. Can the NFL be an example for how the rest of the country, the workforce, society, how they handle COVID? We're going to talk about it together, and you'll hear from Rap Sheet, and then we'll relay to you the changes 
in the NFL rules that basically said, all right, you know, if this thing's going to try and derail our postseason, well, we're not going to have that. We're going to make life easier on the players, vaccinated or unvaccinated. And the CDC, by the way, did this as well for people societally because the workforce outside of football, I mean, I'm sure everybody in their place of employment has had people miss time due to uh, COVID illness, and that's caused some problems in your workplace as far as workflow, as far as workload for individuals, especially with holidays. If you work in retail, that can be a nightmare. So there's a lot of a lot of information in there that the NFL has just changed the rules on. They've moved moved the goalposts. The question that I'm asking you, fair or foul, can the NFL be the standard bearer on this? I think it's an interesting question. We'll get into it more in just a second, right after I remind you about the people who present your Two Rivers Ford take. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the best car dealership in the state of Tennessee. There is no disputing this. Two Rivers Ford will make sure that you get in on all of the great deals with all of their quality American-made Ford vehicles to ensure that you get the best possible customer experience. They do this with their non-commissioned sales staff that puts zero pressure on you throughout the course of the car buying experience, and they do it with all kinds of great vehicles, like the 2022 electric F-150 Lightning that will be debuting this coming season, like the 2022 Ford Maverick, which is a great option if you're not somebody, if you're somebody who likes the idea of a pickup truck but doesn't need everything that comes with a full-size pickup truck. They've got the Bronco, the electric Mustang Mach-E, so many cool vehicles available at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So the question that we're asking you is this, your Two Rivers Ford take this evening. Can the NFL, fair or foul, be the standard bearer, can be an example for how the rest of the country handles COVID return to play or, in a larger sense, return to work protocols? I think there's an interesting question to be had there. So this is Ian Rappaport talking about Carson Wentz earlier today, and then I'll fill you in on what the NFL did at about 4 p.m. today to adopt some new CDC guidelines and basically say, yeah, you know what, uh, this this isolation period, this is going to affect our money. We can't have that. Let's change the rules. A record-breaking day in the NFL, which is not good. 106 players officially went on the COVID-19 reserve list. That includes the players who went on on Sunday and the players today. 96 in today alone. Just to give you an idea for the context, MJ, there have been 521 in December, 476 since December 13th. This according to NFL research. Compare that to just 428 in all of last year. And there were some very big names on it today, including Patriots pass rusher Matt Judon, Julio Jones, a star receiver for the Titans, along with Bud Dupree, their pass rusher, Justin Houston from the Ravens, Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This all comes today, and then the CDC changes the rules on their quarantine, saying now five days is considered to be a quarantine. The NFL expected to take a look at this, and we will see uh, perhaps as soon as tomorrow if new rules come out from the NFL as far as how they're going to treat players with COVID-19. So that was rap sheet earlier this afternoon, laying out the situation with Carson Wentz. And the question is fair or foul. Can the NFL uh, be kind of a, uh, kind of a, I don't want to say a guiding light because that would imply that the NFL has some kind of morality to it. And it's not, it's just, can we do this to protect the money 
and also kind of have the appearance of protecting the players. Now, here's what I'll say. Um, the league is also requiring us, me, um, Teron Davenport, Joe Rexroad, Paul Kaharski, also requiring not just the player. Well, the, the NFL isn't requiring players to have booster shots, but they are requiring media to have their booster shots if they are going to cover the postseason. So I have scheduled my boost. Again, this is personal choice. I'm only telling you guys this because this is from my, my standpoint. I'm not going to have my workflow affected by vac vaccination status. I have no interest. There's nothing um, for, for my personal health standpoint. There's nothing to me that would indicate that a booster shot would be any kind of an issue. And uh, so from my standpoint, I'm happy to get the booster shot. Again, not pushing this on anybody. I'm simply telling you what is happening in my workplace environment that the league has handed down and uh, and my decision on that. Entirely my decision, just as it is entirely yours. I'm going to get my booster shot because I'd be damned if I'm not covering playoff games, right? Like, that's, that's the most important thing to me. Um, what I'll say to you about this is that the COVID, the COVID rules, the league basically changed these in real time. They came out with new protocols as far as the return to play is concerned where vaccinated asymptomatic players can still test out prior to the five days with two negative tests that can be taken concurrently. Again, this is vaccinated players. We do not know the status of every Titans player that was put on the COVID-19 list. Julio Jones, there's been some questions about that. Uh, I know certainly that was the case during training camp. I don't know if that has since been updated. I'm unfamiliar with it. Other than the fact that Julio Jones does not wear masks at press conference, that would indicate to me that he has been vaccinated, just like Ryan Tannehill, um, whereas somebody like uh, somebody like Marcus Johnson would not wear, uh, would wear the mask to press conferences because he was unvaccinated. That's basically the way that we've been able to tell um, whether guys are vaxxed or unvaxxed, assuming that the that the Titans are following those protocols more strictly than, for example, the Packers were, where Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated and not wearing masks at press conference. But again, vaccinated asymptomatic players can test out of the protocol prior to five days. So they don't have to, they don't have to miss the full five days. They can test out in less than five days if they have two negative tests that can be taken concurrently. Now, for unvaccinated players, they cannot test out. Five days starts the day after they get their swab, and there's five things that must be met in order to play. Uh, five days passed. Day one is after the swab, so from the first time that they get their negative COVID test, five days after the fact, 24 hours of no fever in this regard, other symptoms resolved uh, or improved, Clearance from the team doctor and the ICS specialist, and I'm reading this from our buddy Zach Lyons at Football and Other F-Words, clearance from team doctor and ICS specialist, local regulations or requirements are met. So those are the five things that are involved in the return to play protocols for vaccinated and unvaccinated players. Again, the difference being if you are unvaxxed, you cannot test out prior to the five days. You have to meet that minimum requirement of five days and then take your tests again. So um, at this point, that's how the NFL is viewing this thing. And of course, that makes life a lot easier. For example, Julio Jones, Bud Dupree, Nick Westbrook Aquina, and Buster Screen all were placed on the COVID list yesterday. 
So if that is indeed the case, and I'm, I don't know whether all four of them are vaccinated. I don't know whether all four of them are unvaccinated. So I will just say if they are vaxxed, then they can test out before the five-day minimum, right? So that would be basically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, clear for the game. Either way, if they are able to clear the protocol in those five days or in less than those five days, that would mean that the four of those players would be available for Sunday's game. Now, the thing where it starts to get a little murky is, well, you place two guys, Danico Autry, who's an incredibly important part of your defensive line, and Jayon Brown. They went on the COVID list today. Five days would be Sunday at this point. If they are cleared to, if they are cleared to return before the game, they, uh, in theory, could uh, if they in theory could play in that game, but that's going to be much closer to the vest. Carl Washington says, "Wouldn't that make Wentz fifth day Sunday? That would make Wentz's fifth day Sunday. That is correct, and he is unvaccinated. So that's very much, or at least you know, last he told the media he was unvaccinated. So his status is going to come down literally to the wire at this point." Matt Stanley says, you can't be serious. NFL is only concerned about one thing. Dollar, 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 dollar bills, y'all. It is totally within logic to assume the protocol to ensure all players can come back. I don't think they would change the rules for one or two players. No, but they are willing. Here's here's what they're here's what I'll say, I say to you, Matt. They're not going to change the rules for one or two, but they will change the rules for five or six star players, right? I mean, hell, they've had rules changed just for Tom Brady. So you're making a you're making a very uh, a, a, in most places that logic would apply in most normal workplaces. We know, of course, that the NFL is not a work a normal workplace, and I'll tell you why here in just a second. Right after I remind you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A two Z Sports is how you get in on all the action in your DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings is the best in the business, and they have great offers. For football fans, whether it's getting in on the action with same-game parlays that allow you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. They have all manner of great offers on the NFL, bowl games if you're betting those, the NBA, college basketball, the Nashville Predators are about to return to play the NHL NHL coming back in full swing. So you can get in on the action with promo code A to Z sports in your DraftKings Sportsbook app. You must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So the NFL is a different kind of a workplace, right? Because let me find uh, let me find the comment again. Matt Stanley says you can't be serious. NFL is only concerned about one thing: money. It is totally within logic to assume the protocol to ensure all players can come back. I don't think they would change the rules for one or two players. And Matt, I would tell you that you're wrong. They have done that before. They've changed rules for one or two players. The tuck rule is an entirely Tom Brady invention, right? That is something that was that happened to Tom Brady in a game. The NFL very quickly changed the rules after the fact. The tuck rule went into went into play. Tom Brady won a playoff game based on the tuck rule. Um, what I believe it was against the Oakland Raiders, if memory serves. So the NFL has totally, totally shown that it's willing to change their rules. 
based on one player. Because if Tom Brady misses the postseason or is in danger of missing the postseason, in danger of missing the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship game, hell, if the if the Bucks are playing on wild card weekend and Tommy's in, in, in jeopardy of missing, of course they're going to make sure that they do everything within their power to make sure that Tom Brady's out on that football field. Because for the same reason that you just implied, the NFL is concerned about the money. The money lies in the star power. The money lie. I mean, we're going to watch football regardless, but we're a hell of a lot more willing to watch a football game if we know that star players are involved. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry. A lot of this comes down to the impact of star players in leagues where that that star power matters. And the NFL, it's not as star skewed as the NBA, but it certainly matters at this point. It's all about the dollars, ladies and gentlemen. And if you didn't know that now, now you know. Uh, memo sent to teams said they are eligible to come back on the fifth day after a positive test collected, not announced. Anyone placed on the list today can come back on Saturday. Correct, Christopher. We've just run through those rules. I did read. Uh, I did read the updated NFL COVID protocols based on the new CDC guidelines that the NFL has adopted, uh, if you miss that or not. Um, and if you miss any of the show, by the way, we have a replay that uh, exists on the social media feeds. Um, uh, uh, as long as, uh, as long, you know, I mean, they're there in perpetuity. So that's a good deal. At this point, Jayon Brown um, and Danico Autry did go on the uh, COVID list today for the Titans. And so we're going to talk about that. How do you feel about their depth? At this point, let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll have this conversation together on a scale of one to 10. What is your confidence level about the top or basically how much do you trust the Titans depth right now? Give me your response on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss it at length together. Scale of one to 10. How much do you trust the Titans depth right now? I think it's an interesting question. And given that we've just seen some guys play uh, as a result of COVID and that the depth exists and that the Titans have kind of starting to round back into form prior to COVID taking a, taking a hatchet to their plans to, uh, to physically rehabilitate players, I think we can talk about this together. Where, um, where or what number on a scale of 1 to 10 would you give – would you give – your trust level in the Titans depth. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, the Gary Ashton tailgate, the last one of the regular season, right in front of the south end zone at Nissan Stadium. Make sure you bring used, lightly used shoes or new shoes to donate for the uh, Kicks for Kids Fund that Kevin Byard, the Byard Legacy Foundation, and the Ashton team are partnering with to make sure that children in foster care can have decent shoes uh, this holiday season. This is a great cause. My girlfriend and myself, we're bringing a pair of shoes. They're going to they're gonna have four different distribution places or drop-off places set up at each direction of the stadium. So north, south, east, west. There will be a drop-off point for your gently used or new shoes that you've brought to donate. And if you donate financially, if you donate monetarily, any donation of $10 or more, you will be entered to win a Kevin Byard signed football. So it's great work that uh, Kevin Byard is doing with our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans. You can find him at GaryAshton.com. So, uh, and I hope that many of you will bring shoes or 
Um, you know, if you got if you got a 10 spot to spare, you can get a Kevin Byard signed football out of it. And it's all for a good cause. So we hope uh, we hope you guys will get involved. Um, Brian Rochelle says there's some straight up ignorance being spewed in this feed by me or by somebody else, Brian. It's entirely possible, by me, but you know, <laughs> my show, my name's on the show, so I get to spew the ignorance, right? No, that's not how we, that's obviously not how we do business. I'm not sure who Brian is, uh, uh, dismissing at this point. So let's talk about the depth chart for the Titans. So now we've talked about the three wide receivers who, uh, potentially may be unavailable. Um, with the COVID protocols, it does seem like, though, Julio Jones and Nick Westbrook-Akina, at the very least, will be available as long as there's not something that happens in the next five days that would cause them to miss the game. Uh, at this point, you did hear that Cody Hollister was uh, on the practice squad COVID list. He went on today, so it's possible that he may not be available to be called up if they do choose to call him up for Sunday's game against the Dolphins. But there is some depth concerns at a great many positions. The offensive line, Taylor Lewan is still on the COVID list. Uh, who else? What Kendall Lamb is still on the COVID list. Roger Saffold has been brought back. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about the experience that you've had with your backups? Because you've seen a lot of backups play. Stephen Fry says because of that experience, he gives them a 7 um, That because a lot of uh, a lot of defense, a lot of offensive players, certainly as far as depth charts are concerned, have had to play for the Titans this season. Demetrius says sevens, all, a seven always fear that the Titans are going to tighten, which is playing poorly against a beatable opponent in the Dolphins. Well, you got two beatable opponents in the Texans and the Dolphins. The Texans just smoked the Chargers um, for what it's worth. So not a, uh, not a, not an easy situation to assume that they can win. Um, for Chris Frazier, he says seven, as far as the depth is concerned, a lot of sevens, 2.375 for Brad Lipford. So he does not trust the depth whatsoever. Lee Jones is slightly more optimistic with a four, but that's a clear indication of a lack of confidence in the depth players as well. Here's what I'll say. As far as I'm concerned, I'd say a six and a half, I'd say a six and a half right now. You have seen a lot of depth players play. I don't think that the experience can hurt them. I've seen a lot of guys that you don't want to put on the field unless you have to. But I think at this point, six and a half, you feel okay about it. And a lot of this is because of one – well, I don't want to say it's because of one player in particular, but it's as much – how much do you trust the coaching staff to devise a game plan that you can win with the players, right? Because I saw Dylan Radins on Thursday Night Football on short notice – at a position that he really hasn't played or practiced at a ton, go in and be a starting left tackle against one of the best front sevens in football in, against the San Francisco 49ers. And he didn't play a perfect game. But what I saw from the Dylan Raiden's experience is, one, he wasn't a disaster. And two, you know, the coaching staff did a really, really good job. Todd Downing, for as much heat and for as much smoke as you guys like to give Todd Downing, Todd Downing put together a really, really smart protection plan to make sure that Dylan Raidens wasn't being asked to do a whole lot. AJ's fantastic. We expect those things from AJ. You know, but the guys, uh, Aaron Brewer, Dylan Raidens, you know, this is, um, you know, that's special. You know, to be able to see guys that, you know, walking up the, the ramp after the game and, and Dylan uh, just being excited that he did some things to help this team win. And, uh, and they battled, and, and Deontay and our runners, you know, all those guys. But, uh, you know, we had, a, we had six conversions of third and ten or more. 
you know, unfortunately, that's that's a lot of our own doing to get in that position. But uh, you know, we can eliminate some of the mistakes. You know, early on in offense, we can we can still do some things. Thought thought the staff did a great job as well. So that's Mike Vrabel talking about uh, Dylan Radens after the Thursday night football game. I thought that Todd Downing made some exceptional adjustments. I think that Todd Downing put together a protection plan that allowed them to be successful. I thought that Todd Downing helped put Dylan Radens in a position to succeed. So when I ask you a question about the depth, I almost need you to factor in as much. Do you trust the coaching staff, right? Do you trust the coaching staff to be able to put the players in a position to succeed, regardless of who the players are out there? And emphatically, you know, that would move my six and a half just based off the players. That would move it up to an eight because I trust I trust Mike Vrabel a hell of a lot. I trust Todd Downing probably more than you do. Um, and I don't, like I said, I've said this many million times, I don't know that he's necessarily a great coordinator, but I think that he put, I think that I have seen him do a lot with a little this year. And there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to be, there's a lot that you have to respect about the job that Todd Downing has done, given that he's working with the same kind of mix matched parts that Ryan Tannehill has struggled with, right? There's problems there. Um, I think that Shane Bowen for as much, I, I there's probably almost everybody in this, in this stream tonight, probably wanted Shane Bowen fired last season. And I told you a million times, told you a million times that this was not all Shane Bowen's fault has not, it's not all Shane Bowen's fault whatsoever. And now look at him. He's got one of the best defenses in football. Cause of course it wasn't all Shane Bowen's fault. Uh, the issues with the Titans offense, not all Todd Downing's fault. And so I think there's a lot of heat that Todd Downing gets unnecessarily. Um, Brandon says, I trust Vrabel and Bowen. I can't say that I trust Downing. Well, I mean, yeah, but you, Brandon, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I assume that you didn't trust Shane Bowen last year either. And you probably didn't trust Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Mike Vrabel makes the decisions um, to keep these guys in place and to make sure that they have a position to succeed. Week one defense looked lost, says Jay Tyrus. Jay, if you were doing the analysis off week one, then your football analysis can't be trusted. I'm sorry. If you're sitting here saying week one, the defense looked lost, you know why they look lost? Because Kyler Murray is really, really good at football. They, be, they got beat by explosive plays. Uh, in fact, Jay, if you are still some, if you are somebody who is applying week one logic in week 16, then I can't trust your football analysis, right? Because you're completely ignoring a 15-game sample size, all the different injuries, all the different COVID situations, and how the team has evolved. Jay, if you're citing week one, buddy, what are you even doing here? Like, do you, do you want to talk about football right now, or do you want to talk about week one? Because week one, one, first and foremost, week one is the most is the most random of sample sizes because look how much weird shit happened in week one. Not only did the Titans get dummied by a team that looks infinitely beatable right now in the Arizona Cardinals, would you say, Jay, that the Arizona Cardinals, the team that you just watched lose at home to the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday night, would you say that the Titans would lose, what was it, 38-10, to 10, if I recall correctly, to this version of the Cardinals team? Of course, of course you wouldn't do that because it's week 16, Jay. It's not week one anymore. Let's be realistic about the situation here. You're talking about stuff that's not been relevant for three months, basically. Out of here with week one analysis. Uh, Colin Belcher says, what are, what are you doing here, Jay? Well, no, listen, I'm not mad at Jay. 
Uh, I was I was saying that uh, I just meant you know you you have to take into account the 15 weeks that have happened since week one. Otherwise, what are we even doing here? Um, and Jay says, I want to give Jay an opportunity to respond. First of all, that was not directed to anything you have said tonight. If you look up a few lines. Okay. Sorry, Jay. I, uh, I, I, I don't have time to look up a few lines because the comments move pretty quickly and we try to get as many in as humanly possible, but I apologize if you feel like I've attacked you. I was not attacking you, Jay. I was attacking the idea of what you just said. <laughs> um, all right, let's keep moving here on, uh, A to Z sports prime time on this Tuesday night. So. Right now, as I if you're just now joining us or if you've been with us since the top of the show, I told you that in my office right now, I've got the NFL Network on my TV. And on the NFL Network right now, they're showing a football life of John Madden. And that's because John Madden today passed away in, uh, in uh, not unexpected. Well, I don't want to say unexpected. All I will say to you is that John Madden passing away is it has a ripple effect across the National Football League. Even if you are somebody who is too young to remember John Madden calling football games, like myself, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I have a great memory of John Madden. All I know that as far as ambassador for the sport, there may not be a more important person in professional football than John Madden. You will not find people across generations that can you know tell you about the history of Johnny Unitas or uh, or Reggie White or Vince Lombardi or I mean you know to make it more recent or Peyton Manning things that span generations across the NFL but everybody that you come across that has any kind of connection to football can tell you who John Madden is that's unique. That is so unique in in a in a time at and and he was 85 at the passing. They're putting up a statement from Goodell right now. Nobody loved football more than coach. He was football. He was an incredible sounding board to me and so many others. There will never be another John Madden, and we will be forever indebted to him for all that he did to make football and the NFL what it is today. The NFL Network just put up that statement from the commissioner on the uh, on the screen, and it's going to continue. Well, that's a statement from Jerry Jones. But there's a lot of people today who are. Uh, there's a lot of people today who are uh, mourning who, who, this person who was legendary, was iconic by any stretch of the imagination. Again, you don't have to have history with John Madden as a coach. You don't even have to have history as uh, as somebody who remember John Madden in the booth. Uh, frankly, I don't remember John Madden in the booth. I'm hearing a lot of these clips of him calling games for the first time, you know, in the last hour, just because my my football viewing history doesn't go doesn't go back that far. But Madden is Madden was my introduction to football. I remember the first Madden that I got, I got given it as a present and I had no interest in football at the time is 2005. 2005 I would have been in in 2005 I would have been in I want to say 7th 6th or 7th grade in 2005. And if you remember who was on the Madden cover, maybe this was some kind of destiny if you remember who was on the Madden cover in 2005. That was Vince Young. That was the first exposure that I had ever had to the NFL. I uh, I looked at I I remember learning about you know players and uh, coaches and just football in general. Now, obviously, you're not you're not getting any kind of great insight X's and O's insight from Madden. It's a video game, but that was my first exposure to the game. Oh wait, forgive me, Mark Jones, 2008. I apologize. 
2008 was the year for Vince Young. So I'm off by about three years. But Vince Young, so 08, what was I in 08? I would have been, I would have been a freshman. No. Yeah, I would have been a, I would have been a freshman in high school. Uh eighth grade or freshman year in 2008. Would have been a uh, would have been a freshman in high school. So in 2008, thank you guys for correcting me on that. 2008, first exposure to the NFL, Vince Young on the cover. That's the first time that I remember paying any attention to the NFL. Now that I you know, I wasn't watching football yet um as a freshman in high school and maybe you think that that maybe you think that uh that probably disqualifies me. <clears throat> from covering the league the way that I do today. But all I will say to you is that I had the opportunity to start my to start my football consuming experience that way. And I was uh I was exposed to that. I learned about the Titans uh in a way that I had no connection to the Titans. I had zero connection to the Titans. I'd never seen I'd never seen Vince uh Vince Young play a game until I played with him for the first time on Madden. And I was blown away by how much I loved this thing. Now, this was just the video game version. Then I found out it was real. You know, football was an important part of my of my life growing up. My parents didn't care about it. Um, my, uh, in fact, I signed up for high school football that year because I because I got mad. That's the first year that I played that I played football. Um, class of 2011 says Kyle Adams. I uh, in high school, yeah, I was I was. Pretty sure I'm class of 2000. What? Yeah, because I graduated college in 2015. Um, my senior year of college was 2015, so that would have made me the class of 11 as far as high school is concerned. I'm getting old. <laughs> I can't remember. This is 10 years ago I graduated high school. It feels like an eternity. Um, 08 was my first year in high school too. Yeah. See, you guys, you guys probably have a lot of the same experiences, right? I think, uh, I think that a lot, you know, and and Lee Jones is saying John Madden and Pat Summerall was a dynamic duo. In sports commentators, I wish that I would have had the ability. I wish that I would have had the ability to uh, to hear them call games in real time. I, I never got that. Um, I never got that. What I have gotten though is a lot of clips that people sent to me, and I want to play some of those. I want to play one clip in particular that made me laugh today. I want to ask you the question though: What's your favorite John Madden memory? Because I know a lot of you guys have a bunch of them as far as video games, as far as color commentary. As far as what he meant to you growing up, maybe you watched with your parents um, with Pat Summerall because he was on both NBC and Fox, if memory serves. Uh, whether it was whether you're old enough to remember him on the sidelines for the Raiders and winning Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl with the Raiders, or the Hall of Fame induction. Like there's so many different ways that you can go through this. What's your favorite John Madden memory? Is how we'll wrap up the show tonight. And w- before I give you. One that I love, I'll tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac is the best in the business, and they will put you in a position to succeed at B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical, or visit them at Brymac.com or any of their three locations in Tennessee and in Kentucky. Brymac Mechanical, the best in the business. So, um, what's your favorite John Madden memory? Cause I feel like you guys have a lot of them and whether or not I'll be able to remember them. If they go back too far, I'd love to, I'd love to read some of them. Chris Payton says little giants. I see a lot of nominees for little giants. Demetrius Cornwell says the turducken, which I've just watched that clip. I didn't know that John Madden, you know, famously had six legged turkeys 
when he did Thanksgiving games and that he, people would ask him, how do you find a turkey with six legs? Completely glossing over the fact that, oh, I'm watching highlights of the Raiders beating the Oilers in a playoff game right now. That has to be a triggering memory for some of you. But uh, the turducken, always a holiday tradition, certainly. Madden and Summerall were way better than Aikman and Buck, says MB. And listen, I love Joe Buck. I think Troy, I, I love Joe Buck, one, because he went to Indiana. He didn't graduate from Indiana. He just uh, he just showed up for a couple of years to party and then go do Cardinals games because his dad was in the booth already. But, but I, I saw a tweet from Bomani Jones today, and Bomani said, all of us think so many of these, all of us who grew up with John Madden and Pat Summerall think all these color commentators today are kind, you know, are less than because Madden set an unattainable standard, right? Nobody is ever going to be John Madden again because nobody but John Madden could do something like this in a booth and make it fun, make it informative, keep you engaged during the process of a football game when you're probably locked in on whether your favorite team is going to win or lose. There's we see the the buckets. Now there's a third bucket this week. I think what happened, there's always been, yeah, there's always been like a mother and father. Like, this is a father bucket, this is a mother bucket, and since the last game, they had a baby bucket. So this is a baby bucket. So they got three now. There's always been two. One's going to go to Parcells, one's going to go to another assistant, and one will go to a player later in the game. I guess that clears up the question as to whether they're married or not. Well, yeah, well, they got married. Yeah, they got married in that baby bucket. That's Ruth's son over the right side and out of bounds by Steve Wilson. That's the bucket. Well, you to, I mean, I mean the bucket. You know, that's how big it is. I mean, third year in the league, and then you ask questions like, "Is it married?" Yeah, bucket's married. Bucket, you got a family bucket? Yeah, yep, yeah, got a baby bucket, and then brought the ice because we're in California. Family, heavy ice. See, the baby can't sit up there with the mom and dad though. <laughs> Five fifty-one left to play. Rusan went out of bounds. First and ten. John Madden uh, describing what, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe that. Other than two Gatorade coolers uh, conceiving a child, a baby Gatorade cooler, and then him coming up with the storyline of they're married. This is how the baby cooler came to be on the giant sideline. There's so much good stuff there. He is a uh, he is a, a really, really unique. I mean, whether it's the just the boom, right? The I can't, I can't do it justice. Whether it's John Madden in the middle of a call and he's breaking down a play, and here comes the linebacker and he smokes the running back in the hole, and boom, right? Like that's the whole John Madden thing. Him on the teleprompter, drawing up the X's and O's, where it's just a complete cluster. You have no idea what the actual play is, but he's having the time of his life and he's breaking it down. There are so many things about John Madden um, that are iconic, and there are so many different things that he has done to keep football generational right so many things that he's done nobody has had a bigger impact on the sustainability of football than John Madden and I feel like there are a few people few people that would be able to dispute that at this point what's your favorite John Madden memory uh he drew the beard on Aikman says Chris Johnson I saw that clip earlier today too where he's you know, he's making fun of uh, Troy Aikman's blonde beard and then the fact that he has no mustache. So he's saying that he would, you know, he's 29 years old. He should just give up on it. Um, the world lost a treasure of a human today, says Derek Rhodes. Yes. 
Lee Jones says the All Madden team, always a uh, highlight when he was doing television, looking for the pigeon on the field, says Deborah. Well, listen, John Madden would have had a field day with the Titans and Broncos in 2019 because the most interesting part of that game, other than Marcus Mariota getting benched, was the pigeon that would not leave Ryan Tannehill alone during that game. So funny. Uh, was Madden in any other movies besides Little Giants? You know, I'm pretty sure he was in The Replacements, right? John Madden was in The Replacements. Um, I want to say, was Mad Madden wasn't in The Longest Yard, uh, the reboot. I want to say it was just The Replacements. There's probably something that I'm forgetting too, but I know for sure Little Giants and The Replacements um, are on John Madden's IMDb, but maybe you could, you guys can, uh, you guys can look that up. Mark, <laughs> Mark Jones says, not even Madden, but Frank Caliendo impersonating Madden, right? I feel like, I mean, of the sports world, I feel like the Caliendo impression of John Madden was like the first one, you know, outside of Mel Kuyper. And I know he does John Gruden. Like there's a lot of different ones, but I feel like the first one, the first really great one was John Madden. Um, favorite memory is constant circling the grass stains and muds on the and mud on the player's pants. Uh, Mark Jones says he was in the water, water boy is what I meant to say. Um, as opposed to the longest yard, wrong Adam Sandler movie. So the water boy, John Madden was in the, uh, was in the cast on that naked gun. He played OJ Simpson says Jason Culberth. I never saw naked gun, but that's a pretty good one too. When you think of John Madden, you think football. Uh, yeah, that's true. William Young. He's, he's an ambassador unlike any other. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking. Uh, we're going to do the Cosell, the Greg Cosell pod tomorrow. You know, I'm sure Greg, another Cosell, the last name Cosell means a great deal to all of sports, not just the NFL, but I'm sure Greg will be really, really good in talking about John Madden and what he meant as an ambassador to the game. And certainly we're going to talk about it with coach Dave McGinnis on Friday when he's on my radio show. So make sure you check out the install podcast tomorrow. The new episode will drop at 6 PM central time. and uh, we'll have Coach Mack on the radio show. We'll have a great time with it. Radio show tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun. Music City Bowl. Tennessee is in town to play Purdue. So the voice of the Vols, Bob Kessling, he's going to be on with us. I'm going to see if Jason Fitz of ESPN, who's a diehard Raiders fan, has some time to jump on with me as well so we can talk about Madden from a Raiders fan perspective because God knows uh, he meant the world to him, uh, world to them. And we'll obviously... Talk about the Titans COVID situation. They'll be on the practice field for the first time. And we will uh, we will talk about the viability of who's going to play, who's not going to play. Because COVID has just made the situation a lot more complicated. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Been a fun show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night uh, on primetime at 8 p.m. Or if you want to jump in on the radio, show starts at 10 a.m. on 104.